0: This is the NFL Draft Bible Spotlight Show. Connecting players with football industry professionals since 2002. It's what we do. Welcome everyone to this NFL Draft Bible Prospect Spotlight Edition. I am Ryan Roberts, Rise and Draft on Twitter. Please follow everything NFL Draft Bible, nfldraftbible.com. We are doing a four-part series. This is number three. Diving into Mr. Nick Tiano, who is a quarterback out of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Originally, he was at Mississippi State during the latter part of the Dak Prescott years. Had a quarterback battle with Nick Fitzgerald. Eventually, he ended up here back home at Chattanooga. Had a really nice uh, ending to his career the last couple of years. Really talented signal caller. We've talked to Coach Steve Fairchild, Coach Warren McCarty about him a little bit, who have been working with him as their quarterback coaches. And... Uh, they speak the world of Nick. So I wanted to bring on a man who I know has the highest um, belief in Nick. Obviously, that's Craig Doman, who is his agent at 360 Sports. Going to get into a little particulars with Craig. Before I do, Craig, appreciate you coming on, man, talking about Nick a little bit. I hope everything's going really well right now for you.
1: Hey, Ryan, thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on the show, and I would love talking about Nick.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, before we do, just a little background on Craig. Like I said, 360 Sports, uh, registered NFL PA member, contract advisor since 1990. He's dealt with uh, more than 100 NFL athletes for, from everywhere from first, second round, uh, second and third and fourth contracts for veterans. He's de- he's dealt with everything in the football world. Craig, real quick break, breakdown of you as far as the, the birth of 360 Sports, and how did you just get involved in the agent business, in football in general?
1: Well, Ryan, as you just mentioned, I've been in the business a long time, and so when I got out of law school, I started my own business, partnered up with a gentleman by Drew, by the name of Drew Pittman uh, back in the early 90s, and we had a really good ride for about 22 years, and then I started 360 Sports a handful of years ago but really what hasn't changed is the responsibility and mentorship role you have with your athletes, regardless of the, of the, the name on the door.
0: Yeah. And, and I know it's, it's really interesting just kind of getting the agent side of things. Cause you know, that it's, I, I want to get a little, a little into just the process of, of, you know, finding out about athletes and beginning to work with them. So like specifically for Nick Tiano, obviously, who is a, Talented signal caller. I know you you all are very excited about him. I, I heard it in Steve and Warren's voice, just the opinion they have on him. For you, what, what was your first introduction to Nick? How did you come in contact with him? And just what, what were your maybe your first impressions of him early on?
1: Well, a couple of years ago, a young man by the name of Joe Parker, who played receiver in 2018 for Chattanooga, who was a transfer from Wyoming as a young man that I coached briefly in seven on seven here in Colorado. And I'm good friends with his family. And so Joe asked me to represent him. And so I did. And during the course of doing that, he kept talking about Nick and he kept comparing him to Josh Allen, who was his quarterback at Wyoming and said that Nick's traits were very similar to Josh's. And Josh during that time had just gone through, you know, getting drafted in the first round, and We went down to Tennessee, Knoxville for a pro day last March, and Nick drove up from Chattanooga to watch the workout. And so he was peppering me with questions, and I was just being honest with them about, hey, this is how this process works. Uh, This is what the teams are looking for. Uh, This is how you can maximize your success. And um, I would say it might have been maybe a few weeks after the draft last year, Nick gave me a call and said, hey, can we talk? And so we just, you know, we we started off on a really good foundation of no salesmanship, no, you know, hey, trying to get a guy. It's just how can he maximize his opportunity given the situation that he was in? Mm -hmm. And he made a big decision, you know, after leaving Mississippi State to transfer. And he wanted to make sure that not only did he play his butt off for uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, but that he also didn't lose his opportunity to have a shot at the NFL. And so I just basically started um, consulting with them, being a sounding board, very, very sharp young man, very smart, uh, is very driven, uh, has his eye on the prize, You know, sees himself, he sees himself like he needs to see himself to be a starter in the NFL.
0: And I, I like, I like the, um, the perspective, Craig, because a lot, a lot of people talk about when they talk about, you know, working with agents, they kind of look at it from the athlete's perspective, like what they're looking for in an agent. From your perspective, when you're, you know, talking to a potential client and you're, and you're trying to see if it's a good potential fit, what are some of the things that you're trying to feel out? Obviously, you want to sign great football players who have the potential to make it to the next level, sign second contracts. I, I get the business side of everything, but from a personal level. What are you looking at when you're talking to a young man and, and what kind of sets them apart as a person that you might want to work with?
1: That's an awesome question. And it's a, it's a difficult question to answer and you know, in a few seconds, but what I can share with you is I have a, I have a, my own podcast called pro mindset podcast. Mm. And in that pro mindset podcast, what I do is I interview ex NFL players, current NFL players, former and current coaches, former and current GMs, um, everybody and anybody associated to with sports and performance. And I've been doing this for about a year and a half. And in the course of interviewing my guys, I've had uh, interviewing my guests. I've had the opportunity to reverse engineer the success of my best players, regardless of how they entered the NFL, whether it's as a free agent or as a top draft pick. And what I've learned is that there's seven ingredients and Nick's got them all. And so I'll just share with you what they are. One is you have to believe in yourself. Nick does have a high belief in himself. Two is you have to have a passion for your sport. He loves ball. Okay? He's single-mindedness about his about his football career. The third thing is you have to be motivated about what you do because a lot of guys believe in themselves and they're passionate about it, but then they're motivated about something else. Nick is very motivated about having an NFL career. And then the fourth thing is you have to have the work ethic and the training. The the mindset about this is not going to be easy. There's going to be a gap between where you're at in college and where you got to be to play on Sundays. He's got that. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is you have to have a lifestyle that's consistent with all those things. So a lot of guys like A.B., Antonio Brown, for a long time, he had a lifestyle that was consistent with being an all-pro. And then something went sideways. So he's been struggling the last year. It's everybody knows for the last year. Well, lifestyles destroy players' careers. Nick's lifestyle's about as pure and on point as it needs to be and then the last two is you have to have winning habits. how you schedule your day, how you build your how you build your life has to has to allow for these things to be to manifest in success on the field because you You are doing the things that you need to do, whether it's working with a quarterback coach, whether it's working with a speed coach, a trainer, whether it's watching film, all those different types of things. And then the last thing is you have to have, you have to be a clutch performer. So if you've got all those things, but you're not a clutch performer, you're probably not going to play and you're not going to play for long. And so Nick Tiano has every one of those ingredients. And that's consistent with a lot of the guys that I've had. That have played more than a dozen years in the NFL.
0: And, and, it, and it, another interesting perspective, maybe Craig, that you can kind of give me a little inside look into is: you've been doing this a long time, obviously, like you spoke about already. Is this the craziest pre-draft process you've ever seen? Obviously, with the coronavirus and all the uncertainty with the pro day cancellations, all that type of stuff. Is this does this stand out as probably the craziest you've been able to you've had to deal with so far?
1: Yes, I've been involved with the draft since 1990. And this, hands down, is the most bizarre, weird. Um, it's put everybody in an uncomfortable situation. It's put teams almost, they almost, when, when you talk to them on the phone, they they almost feel like they're discombobulated. Mm-hmm. They're not like all in sync about what they're doing. And the last, the one that I can think of that was similar to this, but not identical, was 2011 when we had the lockout. Mm-hmm. But the lockout did not affect the draft. Right. The lockout affected, you know, preseason activities. This coronavirus has affected everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I know one thing that I really value in the quarterback position, which, you know, you, you talked about it briefly, was just how guys react to things. They they understand that it's a, a long road and it's, it's not, it's a, not an easy one. And it's, it's really something until you're face to face with the quarterback and seeing how they react to different situations. They, they, you know, react to tough situations. It's, it's a little different for, for a guy like Nick, how has he been able to navigate this process with the uncertainty? I know it's been weighing heavy on a lot of prospects, but from my, my talk with him yesterday, it seems like he's really making the best of everything. How has he, in your opinion, been able to, to navigate this process to the best of his ability?
1: Well, as an athlete and as a quarterback, you can only can control so much. And he's controlling what he can control. And what he can control is his physical condition, his mental state of mind, his, you know, he, he embraced the quarterback coaching out in Colorado, you know, after the season, the spring. And that's all he can control. And he didn't get to have a pro day, but because we videotaped four of his workouts, we created a pro day. So I think that took a lot of stress mm-hmm. off him. It took a lot of stress off me because it. we have an outstanding pro day video that's a compilation of four workouts. Well, what is a pro day? It's a workout. So all we did was, you know, we were experimenting through some of those videos, some of those workouts. And hey, some of those throws look really awesome because Nick's got some excellent arm talent. He can throw on the run, and so he has something to show for what he's been doing. That gives both of us a peace of mind that hey, you're going to be good because this is this is exactly what the NFL teams want to see.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's obviously very easy to see. And again, talking to, to Coach McCarty, Coach Fairchild, talking about the the. Athletic profiles. We're talking 6'4 plus, right around two thirty five. Athletic, like you said, can throw in the run, can do all the things that you really kind of check boxes doing this evaluation process for you. Like, what is the upside with Nick? Is there a player that he reminds you of? I know you mentioned Josh Allen briefly. Players he reminds you of, or upside, like what do kind of do you see as the as the all time uh, or the alt the future perspective for Nick as he continues to develop?
1: Okay, so Ryan, let's let's talk about quarterbacks. You've got really you really have maybe three different groups of quarterbacks that come into the draft. You have the guys that are the face of the franchise. You know, Joe Burrow most likely is going to be the face of the Cincinnati Bengals. That's an immense amount of pressure. Yes, he's going to get rewarded financially, but at the moment, there's a arguably he's only about half as good as Andy Dalton today. And yet the fans the media all expect him to come in and be the savior from day one. So he has a higher bus factor than a guy like Nick because the there's so much weight gonna be on Joe Burrow's shoulders. Okay. And if you look at some of the best quarterbacks in the in the history of the game, yes, Peyton Manning was the number one pick. But so was Cam Newton, and he's looking for a job. So was Jameis Winston, and he's looking for a job. And there are uh there is a cemetery full of former quarterbacks that were drafted in the top five, top ten, that didn't do what everybody was hoping they would do. And candidly, most fans, after five or ten years, you forget they were even drafted in the top ten. So Nick's not going to be in that category. Then the second category is mid-round guys that may, you know, maybe for what they have, they lack maybe one attribute, um, but they played at big schools. They had uh, superior performance, maybe a guy like Jake from, you know, Jake doesn't have the physical stature that the team's looking for. And he may not, may not have the arm talent they're looking for, but he played at Georgia. So he's probably going to go in the second, third or fourth round. And they're not going to expect him to come in and play right away either. And then you've got guys that are going to get drafted on day three for some reason. In Nick's case, it's purely because of the level of competition. Being at the FCS level, very few quarterbacks at the FCS level get, get drafted. Joe Flacco did. Joe Flacco was drafted in the first round. But you you there that is a very short list of guys. There was only one FCS quarterback that went to the combine this year. So that is Nick's obstacle. Well, guess what? Once he gets on an NFL team, whether he's drafted in the in day three, whether he's not, nobody cares where he's from. Nobody cares about the level of competition. What they're going to care about is how fast does he learn the playbook? How coachable is he? How does he do in practices? What kind of leader is he? What kind of work ethic does he have? You know, how does he jive with the starting quarterback and support him in the early years to to make him better? Because you can't have a quarter. you know, like for example, let's say, you're, let's say, that Knicks gets drafted by a team that has an established quarterback. Let's say he gets drafted by the Rams and they've got Jared Goff, who's got a hundred million dollar contract. Do you think they want to bring in a young guy that's going to make things rough on Jared Goff or make things easier? Obviously they want somebody that's going to, that's going to support Jared Goff, help Jared be better. So the role that the quarterback has to play depends on where he goes and what kind of quarterback room they have right now. So let's let's just run with it. Nick gets drafted by the Rams, on day three, his job is <clears throat> obviously to compete and be ready to be the starter, and at the same time not ruffle any feathers. Be 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 boys with Jared Goff. Help him do his third down research during the week, so he can work on his red zone, and then they can talk about it. So what is he doing by virtue of helping the starter be better? He's helping himself be better. That's the role that quarterbacks have to play at the beginning. Nick Tiano understands that. Nick understands that there's changing hats you're going to wear as you progress through your career. And then at some point in time, whether it be middle of his rookie season or year four, he's going to have an opportunity to start if he does all the right things, which he will. Then it's about how do you do? How do you compete? Do you move the change? Do you get put points on the scoreboard? You know, and when that happens, you're going to get, I mean, you're going to get avalanched by the media. And you got to be able to have a persona. You have to be good with the media. You have to know who you are and what you're about. And Nick's got that down in spades. He's got that down. Mm-hmm. So if he has early earlier success than people think he would have. He'll be ready.
0: I love it, and it's just—it's been so refreshing to hear people that just believe in him so much. You know, again, talking to yourself and Steve and 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 Warren, and it's it's—I mean, you you see all Lori. the attributes on tape, which is going to obviously you know propel the, you know it, nice opinions in in high places, and it's wonderful. And I, I wanted to talk a little bit about just. The the rece- the perception of him, obviously, I know uh, I work closely with Rick Saratella, who, who works with the NFLPA Bowl. Obviously, Nick went over there to Pasadena and he lit it up MVP. Obviously, that was a big opportunity, especially in, in you know, in hindsight now w- without the I know he had the, the pro day video that you guys were able to create for him. But, you know, with the pro day circuit getting cut, that opportunity obviously was huge for him. For, for this now, Craig, the, the perception of him—how how, how has he been uh, perceived by teams? Team uh, team meetings maybe coming up. Different things. How how has the league kind of been um, been uh, reaching out to you? How how do they kind of view him? It seems.
1: Well, <clears throat> I think the fact that Steve Fairchild has is his primary quarterback coach, and Steve has a long history in the NFL and has a lot of relationships with NFL coaches that you know some of whom he hired. And so Steve is, you know, in his early, I think he's 60. So he's up there on the block and he has, he has that network. And then Scott McLuhan is a former GM at a couple different teams, been in the NFL for more than 25 years. It has had chances to go back and be in front offices, but acts as a consultant instead and happens to live in Colorado. And one of the first things I did when, you know, I was considering Nick was I had, uh, Nick evaluated by Scott McLuhan, and he, he evaluated him on 2018 tape, and he loved him, loved his skill set. They did an interview, loved him there. So part of my belief in Nick was the fact that here we have this established NFL evaluator who's worked you know long time with the Packers under Ron Wolf, been with the Seahawks, been a GM with the 49ers, been a GM with the Redskins, who said I'm putting my stamp on this guy and say this 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 guy's got what it takes? So even though 2019 for Tennessee Chattanooga's offense didn't go as well as everybody would have hoped, and it was a different scheme, and they kind of took away the power from the quarterback, and you know the spread is designed for the coaches to have all the control, make all these you know decisions pre-snap, and the 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 players for good or for bad, the quarterback for good or for bad. Is a little bit of a robot. I have a son that plays uh, college football at a JUCO out in California. They run a spread. It's very limited what he gets to do. So you know, I've seen it from more than from multiple perspectives. But going back to Nick, mm-hmm. because he because he's got the skill set, and because his film doesn't lie, and because we've put it out there to the teams that hey. Take a look at the 19 tape and the 18 tape. Look at this Pro Day tape. Look at this interview with Warren McCarty on his Warrior Quarterback show and get to know who Nick Tiano is and everybody that's done that due diligence has loved the kid. So right now we have half the teams in the league that have expressed some level of interest. We have a handful of teams that have expressed a lot of interest. And I've learned from doing this business a long time You really don't know what interest means until the draft's over. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they act like they're not interested very much and they'll draft your guy in the fourth round. Sometimes they are are like maniacs in their interest, but they're really recruiting your client as a free agent because they don't want to draft him, but they really do want him. And they only get, you know, every team, you know, 256 divided by 32 is eight picks. 7 normal per round and one comp pick. It's never distributed evenly because of all the trades and compensation and all the different things going on. But that's not very many picks. You as a as an NFL team, you get to add on average 8 players. Well, there's like 14 positions. So you have to recruit some guys because you can't draft them all. So I think the the thing that I quit doing a long time ago is trying to figure out which teams are recruiting your client because they really do like him and they want to draft him or which ones are recruiting him because they really do like him as well, but they want him to come in as a free agent. So I think with Nick, it's going to go down to the wire. I think he's got a legitimate opportunity to be drafted in day three, um, probably Mm -hmm. starting in the late fourth round. Um, I think the kid deserves to be drafted. If I was an NFL team, I don't have any doubts about the young man. I would draft him because I wouldn't want to mess with all the chaos after the draft, trying to pick up the kid as a undrafted free agent and fighting potentially with 31 other teams, which, you know, not everybody's going to be interested, but just hypothetically, I would rather just take a, take a pick, use one of my picks in day three and take him.
0: And, and kind of the last question I have for you, Craig, I know, you know, with your experience I, I, for, for Nick specifically from his perspective, like this is about to be a, a, a the first step in the dream, right? Like the, to potentially being drafted or, you know, even being just picked up as a free agent. He's, he's about to get an opportunity to play professional football, which I'm sure has been a a childhood dream of him, you know, which it is for most of us. And for you just kind of being the, the point of emphasis for him to, how to take that in that day, that moment, whenever that happens, what's some advice that you're able to give to him, how to attack that moment and how it's just going to feel for him.
1: Great question. And and the best answer I can tell you is that the, the best way to have the the most awesome experience on draft weekend is to do all the things ahead of the draft the right way. Train, right. Mm -hmm. communicate with the teams honestly and effectively. Um, You know, we've put together a really awesome uh, pro day tape. Put yourself in a position so that on draft weekend, regardless whether you get drafted high, low, or in the middle or not at all, you have the peace of mind of knowing you've done everything that you could. And I'm in the same boat. I want to make sure that I do everything I can to help this young man have the best opportunity to be drafted. And if I do that, which that's what we're doing, whatever happens was meant to be. And then the second part of this, which is more important than that one, is what's going to be your approach moving forward from the draft? The draft is similar to a commencement. When I was in high school and they talked about commencement exercises, I thought it was the finish line. Where you look up the word commencement, it means beginning, new start. So when high school kids are graduating, they're really getting a new start. It's not that they've, they're not talking about what they did. It's talking about what you're going to get to do. The draft is the same way. A lot of young men, all they think about their whole life is getting drafted. But they don't think about the job they have to to do once they do get drafted. They have to show up early, stay late, learn their job, Mm -hmm. be coachable and teachable. So what I want Nick Tiano and all my clients to do every time they go through the draft, is to enjoy it, have the peace of knowing they've done and I've done everything that we could, and then whatever God's plan for them is in terms of what team they're going to go to, whether he's drafted or not, now let's go to work and build a career.
0: Absolutely wonderful perspective here, again, from Mr. Craig Doman, who is an agent for 360, uh, 360 Sports uh, representing Nick Tiano here, the quarterback out of Tennessee Chattanooga. Craig, I really, again, man, want to thank you so much. I'm sure it's an incredibly busy time for you, but I really appreciate you taking the time today, giving me the, I mean, it was a great perspective, one that I haven't heard much. So I, I just really appreciate everything and, uh, you know, wishing you and all all the clients, Nick, the absolute best.
1: Thank you very much, Ryan. You have a great day.